0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new episode of Real World Education Podcast. Our mission here is to challenge and change the education system using an inside-out approach, and we hope that you become a better leader and a producer rather than just a student or an employee our aim here is to interview industry experts and leaders each week with the hope that you can come to the realization that life is so much more than what is being currently taught to us by the society and the education system and we hope that this podcast provides you with inspiration with motivation and actionable insights so that you too can not only challenge and change the status quo but also create your own definition of success hi Stefan and uh, welcome to the show you know it's a pleasure to have you here
1: yeah likewise i know we connected uh, i think we connected in person a long time ago. Remember. ago.
0: yeah it was a google uh, networking event to the best of yeah, my knowledge, sort of knowledge in the event. sfo yeah. and yeah. Uh, that was what two two three years ago
1: it, it feels like it yeah. <laughs> with the coronavirus stuff. You don't even know where the time has gone,
0: but yeah, it was definitely, maybe, maybe two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it was, you know, that meeting in itself was very, you know, important for me because that was the first time I actually sort of put myself out there in front of people, and then now we're connecting on this platform. So I'm really happy, uh, the way things are going. So, you know, once again, thank you for coming on to the show. Really means a lot.
1: Yeah, it's
0: my pleasure. So, you know, I. You know, I sort of recommend people that they follow you on LinkedIn uh, and I'll put the links in the description because you put up a lot of content, a lot of videos on profile optimization, uh, growth strategies, career advice, and, you know, so much more. But uh, for those that don't actually uh, follow you on LinkedIn, can you briefly let us know your life story and how sort of being on LinkedIn sort of changed your life? Yeah. Yeah, let me see where to start.
1: So, I mean, life story. I'll try to summarize the earlier part as you know, as you know, as quickly as I can, and I'll kind of go into more detail about how you know things got me into LinkedIn and my, my LinkedIn growth. But yeah, I'm a San Francisco Bay Area native. I've lived here my whole life. Uh, grew up here, never left. Um, I went to Southie State for my bachelor's in computer engineering, and you know, had a job before I graduated, which was really, really nice. Um, and I went to my, my first job out of college was at Lockheed Martin, it's uh, an aerospace and defense company, and I've been there ever since. So it's been almost seven years now. Uh, within those seven years, I've been able to have five different jobs. Um, the coolest one, I think, was working in mission control for a satellite program. It's such a unique opportunity that I had, um, and it's exactly like what you see in the movies with all the big screens up front. You have all the rows of console that I'm on the phone talking to people and sending commands and looking at telemetry. Um, so, definitely the coolest job and most unique experience I had. Um, currently, I'm a project manager. I work on parts obsolescence. So, making sure we have a constant supply chain for our product. And if a supply goes out of business or um, a part goes obsolete, we have to make sure we qualify a brand new part before uh, we run out of the, the current part that's obsolete now. But how I got into LinkedIn, um, a couple couple things led to that. Uh, First of all, two years into Lockheed, I applied to the engineering leadership development program. This is an early career leadership development program for engineers. And I was interested in the program because I wanted to do the job rotations and get leadership training, go to conferences, things like that. So what happened was two years into the company, I applied, I actually got an interview for the program but I didn't get selected and I asked for feedback. I said you know what can I work on for next year so I can get in. And they said you need more project management experience and you need more leadership experience. So as a you know entry level, you know, I've only been in a company two years of a you know very early in my career, I can't really have project management or I can't really have leadership experience because I'm working with people who have decades of experience. How can I lead them? So I decided to Take part in some extracurricular activities. We have these employee resource groups for minorities, and I joined the one called PANT, which stands for Professional Asian American Network. So it's a you know Asian-focused employee resource group. I joined the group and I said, "How can I get involved?" And I became the mentoring and professional development chair. So in that role, I led speaker events. I brought in speakers that I knew from inside the company, also from outside the company. I ran speed mentoring events and. How that helped me was I had to get comfortable with standing in front of an audience, introducing the speaker, or facilitating the event. I had to get comfortable with, with doing that. Um, and as I got more, you know, more and more um, involved in the organization, I took on more and more responsibility. A year later, I became the local site lead. So then I had to take on a lot more leadership skills. I had to get a lot more confidence in myself because now I'm leading a team of 10 people who are organizing all these events. And now I have to run monthly meetings and I'm speaking in front of 20 people, maybe 40 people sometimes. So as I got more comfortable with these uncomfortable situations, I started having more confidence in myself. Um, and then fast forward to, well, let me step back. So the following year, I did get into the leadership program uh, because they saw the, the steps I took to, to make sure I got in. So I got involved in the organization. That year, I also started my master's. And, you know, 2017 was, a, I think, the turning point in my career where I started being more goal-oriented and setting goals for myself to achieve. And that's how my LinkedIn journey started. In 2017, I started posting monthly articles on LinkedIn where I shared my goals for the year. And I shared every single month, I wrote an article saying, here are my progress towards my goals. The idea was to to hold myself accountable by telling as many people as I can and by sharing that on LinkedIn. Near the end of 2017, you know, I'm still in that goal setting mindset. And I said, okay, well I did something monthly on LinkedIn. Now I need to do something weekly. Um, And uh, around the same time, I saw a good friend of mine post a video on LinkedIn and he said, you know what? I can do that. I have a cell phone. I can make, I can make videos. So I was like, okay, weekly videos on LinkedIn, but what, what is 52 things I can talk about? I thought about it and I was thinking, well, I've been to a lot of presentations. I've been to a lot of seminars. I have, you know, I've mentored, I've taken a lot of notes and I've, I could possibly come up with 52 things to talk about from all my notes. So I spent some time compiled up my notes had about 40 things and I was like, hey, that's good enough for me. So starting, you know, week one of, of 2018, I filmed a video myself with my cell phone sharing a piece of career advice. Um, it was definitely a challenge. Uh, because I had the video ready to go, but I was just too scared to post it. And I could talk about this a little later, but I finally posted it, and then I just immediately had regret, because I thought people were going to judge me. I thought this was a terrible idea, because I told everyone in the video, I was going to do 52 weeks of videos, and this first one was just hard enough. But I'm happy I stuck with it. Um, I did that all throughout 2018, uh, Ran through my li- you know, ran out of things to talk about in my list. And in 2019, I did it all over again. I was like, hey, this was so much fun. I want to do another 52-week challenge. But this time, I didn't have a list of things to to talk about because I ran out of things. But that made my videos a little more personable. And I got a lot more engagement because I was sharing what what was going on with me um, and sharing things that, that I was dealing with. I was working full time. I switched jobs in the middle of that year. I was doing my master's as well. So I talked a lot about time management, dealing with stress, topics like that. Um, and, you know, did that all throughout 2019, and now I'm continuing to post on LinkedIn. Uh, and most of my content is related to creative Tips and Advice. I do focus a little more on LinkedIn, uh, mostly how to co- create content, because that's what I specialize in. And uh, I get a lot of questions on, hi, how do you make videos? How do you think about things to talk about? And, you know, I'm still coming up with ideas, you know, surprisingly, after all these years. So, you know, just kind of looking back, that rejection from that leadership development program, set me off on a course to you know set goals for myself and to improve myself and to continue to grow to you know who i am today on linkedin and now i'm posting content three times a week i post a video every single monday i post a poll every wednesday and i do a text post every friday to continue to drive engagement and and you know give back to the linkedin community
0: Yeah. So the thing I wanted to ask you, you know, the first thing that stood out from what you've just said is the the disconnect between what employers are looking for and what actually the reality is. So for example, you know, when you graduate or you have a couple of years of work experience and you want to apply for a job, they ask for like ridiculous amounts of experience, which in reality is impossible, right? Because you just graduated. So how can you have, and you know, that job is for a graduate. So how can you expect a graduate to have like three, four years of leadership experience when he's just graduated? So, that uh, I there was a post on LinkedIn as well. There was a guy who you know created the language, the coding language, and the company was applying to. They asked for like 12 years of experience, and he was like, It's only been around for like eight years. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah,
0: so and the other thing is, um, you know, what you mentioned is true. Like when I started the 52 week challenge, it was difficult. Uh, I had I mean, I'm sure you had the same thing, you know, you had your circumstances, I had mine. And as a result, I was like, you know, will I be able to sustain it? Because sustaining it is, I think, the biggest challenge. So I have, uh, you know, the entire section within this interview is dedicated to 52-week challenge, so we can discuss that later on. Uh, you know, so sort of before we sort of dive into the specifics of LinkedIn, I'd like to discuss the why. The why being, you know, despite LinkedIn being the best platform that we can uh, sort of leverage to grow professionally, you know, it has about 46 million plus decision makers. So why why do you think, despite of that, and why do you think anyone who is listening to this episode should care about LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, so LinkedIn is, professional platform it's the i I won't say it's the only professional platform because you can have brands and things like that on other platforms but i mean when you're applying for a job when you're networking people are asking what's your linkedin Mm -hmm. and you know you said earlier you know there's i think there's 650 million users on linkedin which is just crazy and a lot of people that i talk to they approach linkedin as oh i only update it when i need a job and you know when you're looking for jobs you spend two to three weeks updating your linkedin Mm -hmm. and then you're just like you're wasting time. And for me, I use LinkedIn and why I create content, well first of all, I want to help people, right? So I don't care who watches it. I don't, I'm not targeting a specific person. I'm just sharing information to everyone in general. But second of all, because I'm creating content, that's part of my brand. Yeah. There's people that know me um because I create content on LinkedIn. There's people that I work with, that's like, "Hey, I really like your videos." And I mean, I've had strangers approach me before. To say hey i watch your videos and it, it's just it's a great way to build your brand because if i you know i put my linkedin url on my resume and that gets passed around and someone looks at it, it's like wow Stephen has a lot of connections on linkedin he has a really nice detailed profile he's creating a lot of content he has all these followers and you know that brings that that that, that helps because it doesn't just show oh this person's smart or whatever but this person you know, is confident. This person is able to put themselves in uncomfortable situations. This mm-hmm. person, you know, is good at public speaking because he's been doing videos every single week for the last three years. So it, it shows a lot of things that you can't really see on paper, um, on a resume, but it, it shows your personality, it shows who you are, it shows what your brand is.
0: True. I mean, uh, you know, that's extremely important that you mentioned it. Uh, so most people, when they come on LinkedIn, as you rightly said, you know, they come for jobs. But, you know, it is just so much more than that. Because uh, And people think if I have a job, I don't necessarily need a personal brand. A personal brand is for, say, a startup or a marketer. But that's not the case, like in this current environment. So the difference between someone who doesn't have say a LinkedIn account versus someone who's been posting for a year and has interviewed a couple of people, the, 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 the soft skills that the person has developed, you know, they're immense. And people are started starting to take notice. Uh, it's starting to grow. And, uh, another thing I loved about what you said right now is the selfish, uh, the transition from, I don't want to say selfish reasons, but in general, for me personally, when i started linkedin it was more like okay this will build my personal brand you know i'll get the experience i'll get everything right but there was a person uh, i the interview i did with mark metry uh, someone listened to it and they reached out and they were like you know this was the biggest because they were you know severely uh, they were prone to anxiety and they watched uh, listened to the interview and it really helped them and that's i think the exact moment when there was a switch uh, in you know in my own uh, being that went from you know creating content for myself versus uh, creating content for others exactly yeah so you know uh given sort of that we are talking about linkedin profile i want to quickly discuss the uh, linkedin profile optimization because i've personally come across profiles that have a photo of them say surfing or something like that because uh, you know they're not up to the mark, and as a result, they sort of miss out on opportunities. So if a potential employer is looking at a profile and it's not optimized, you know you just uh, it's 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 uh, you're missing out on opportunities. So what are the some some of the best practices and some of the big no-nos that people should definitely avoid on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, I mean, on your LinkedIn profile, there's a lot of real estate for you to highlight yourself, highlight your skills, highlight your accomplishments, highlight like who you are. And I mean, just starting from the top, you co- so you have a personal, you know, profile picture, right? And you know, of course, you want to look decent in it, right? You know, yeah, some people do surfing, whatever, but you know, you don't have to be in a suit and tie, right? But you have to at least look look presentable. But the first place that you can kind of show what who you are, what your brand is in your is in your cover photo, because that's a, a long you know long picture where you can put websites on, you can put their URL on there. You can put, you know, your like what your passion is, what your field is in. That kind of, like, draws people in. And then the next place is your headline. And I think you have, I don't know, not, not, I don't think it's 140 characters. Maybe it's around, like, 90 to 100 characters. But that's where you can put, you know, what your ideal job title is because that, your headline is gets searched more than anything else. So, for me, I put in LinkedIn coach, uh, weekly videos, project manager, and speaker that's in my headline. And that's what I get searched for the most because that's what I want to be. A lot of people just put, you know, their job title. They put like, you know, let's just say software engineer at, at Lockheed Martin, which which is fine, right? But, you know, it's the only thing you get searched for is software engineer. But, you know, software engineering is really broad. Like what, what are your skill sets within that? So use that to, to highlight yourself. And then the next section would be the about section. A lot of people just kind of throw in a bunch of keywords or they put like a blurb about their achievements, but that's where you get to tell your story. That's how you draw people in. You know, talk about you know how you became who you are today. What, you know, what started your passion and whatever you're studying or whatever you're doing for work. And that's just a great way to you know, tell you, tell your story. And then the next section that I see not a lot of people do, you have your featured section. So that's where you can, you know, a lot of people put their resume, but that's where you can showcase your work. I put some of my top posts there. I put in my link to you know, to sign up for networking calls with me. Other people can put portfolios to their GitHub or or or, or UX design portfolios or anything like that. Um, so th- there's a lot of real estate that people aren't utilizing to to share, you know, who they are. Um, I guess a couple of no-nos. Uh, I mean, definitely have a profile picture no matter what. Um, you know, this is you know a professional platform. Um, I mean, some things I. I would say just in general, fill in all the different sections. Um, Some, you know, I I guess some no-nos is, I mean, obviously you don't want to lie about what your skill sets are, Um, and you don't want to like, you know, you want to make it easy to read as well. So there's people that I yes, I use some emojis in my about section or in my um, in my headline, but some people just go crazy with it, and that that becomes more distracting than than actual being useful. Um, so you just want to find ways to grab people's attention without having to, to make it make it too distracting uh, you know, for for them to read, and, and keep you know keep things short and sweet, right? So your about section it can just be two to three paragraphs. It doesn't have to be a whole essay because no one's gonna no one's gonna read the whole thing anyway.
0: True, I mean it should just I think uh, you know. I think sort of uh, convey that you have an authority in the field, or at least you're trying to reach the level of authority that people sort of uh, seek for. So just to sort of sum, uh, you know, summarize, the main thing you mentioned was the photos, uh, they need to be at least presentable, if not professional, just to say the least. Ryan, then the profile summary should actually support your objectives. So in, uh, that's one thing. And then finally, you mentioned that, you know, the featured content is quite important because it kind of, as I mentioned, again, it shows your authority and expertise in the field.
1: Exactly.
0: And... I- I, I was reading this uh, article on LinkedIn itself. It mentioned that you know the photos that uh, people share, are sharing, they are like the new headline because people don't really read the text. They look at the photo and whatever is written on the photo, they instantly sort of uh, connect with it. And uh, the research says that in three days, people forget 70% of uh, what they've read. But if you associate uh, the text with a photo, people remember quite a lot more yeah so as you said the you know the main uh, the photo the banner on linkedin above your profile photo if you have something that you're passionate about i think mine is quite generic at the moment but i should have my podcast name so people start relating my profile with say a podcast
1: yeah and then a little tip for that you can use canva canva yeah c-a-n-v-a to, yeah. you know they have a lot of templates
0: oh, for you to awesome. build your,
1: uh, banner photo and for me you know i just pulled the template i just replaced the words and then you know it has a little fancy design and in the middle it says helping you achieve success in your career and then you know it's like book a call with me at this link mm-hmm. uh, so you know like you said you know the pictures with text associated it makes it more memorable right yeah. so that's when they say Picture, pictures worth a thousand words. thousand
0: words hi there and thank you so much for listening to this episode of real world education podcast for part two tune in this friday If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts as that's the best way to support us. If you think that this can help your loved ones, please don't be shy and just share it with them as word of mouth is another great way to support us follow me on LinkedIn by simply searching for my name Rajdeep Singh. I'm doing a 52 week challenge where I'm going to be posting a new video each week. You can also follow me on Instagram at rajdeep.1997 or on Spotify by searching for my name. Until next time, this is your host Rajdeep Singh signing off.